Hi, this is Liana Bolden with Eternally Speaking Now. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I would like to introduce you to a child named Elise. Elise is the daughter of one of my dear friends. Elise is one of those children who is always happy. Every time I see her, she's smiling. And then when I see her smile, I can't help but smile myself. Her pleasant demeanor is delightfully contagious, and I always look forward to being around her. Well, when Elise was five years old, one of her favorite sayings was, This is the best ever! For example, if you went out for ice cream with her, you could count on her to declare, this is the best ice cream ever. Or if you read a book with her, she would surely proclaim, this is the best book ever. If you're at the park with her, she would undoubtedly experience a moment of sheer jubilation and announce, this is the best day ever. Her pronouncements were always at the perfect moment, catching everyone off guard and really provoking, endearing responses. Well, at the season of our lives, Zachariah, my son, and I would often quote Elise. We'd find ourselves in the midst of a childlike joy about something simple, and we'd echo her her moment of glee that she would say, and we'd, you know, say, this is the best, you know, whatever it is we're enjoying at that moment, ever. Well, during COVID, a few weeks into the time when there was the mandated stay-at-home time, my friend, my the mom of Elise, texted an adorable report on how Elise was doing at home. And here, here is a, the text that my friend wrote. She said, Yesterday, I picked up some extra groceries and a couple of special treats. Elise's response? Best coronavirus ever. (laughs) Of course, right? (laughs) Oh man, I doubled over with laughter. Uh, Filled with just simple pleasure. In my mind's eye, I could see her gleaming, fresh-faced countenance. And in my head, my ears could hear her sweet, engaging voice. Only Elise. (laughs) Or is it really only Elise? Hmm. Is it possible for us to learn a lesson from this innocent, carefree child? Now, of course, let me interject. I know all of us, now that we've gotten past this for several years, have uh, tragic stories from going through what the virus brought into our lives. And so I I don't want to sound insensitive to that. Um, Many hearts have ached and lives were lost and the Lord has mourned alongside us through that. Um, But let's look today at Elise's lighthearted statement, really as a glimmer of hope for us, even today, with whatever we're dealing with. For me, I saw this as a marvelous prompting to consider looking at tragedies through the eyes of a child. In so doing, it helps me perceive another angle of God's eternal perspective as well. Let's consider the words of Joseph in Genesis 50, verse 20. After decades of misery, misery, 
for Joseph, including abandonment, injustice, false accusation. This is everything that Joseph went through. Undeserved imprisonment, isolation and separation from loved ones, mistreatment, loss, a smeared reputation, not because he did anything wrong, loneliness, a hopeless-looking future, being lied about. After decades of being misunderstood and forgotten, he finally saw the grander purpose in his suffering and heartache and said, this is verse 20, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day, to bring what about? To save many people alive. There is always a greater cause at hand. God loves us and he's all about salvation. Is it possible in the midst of bad situations, as God faithfully does, that he's working all this together for our good in some way? (laughs) The answer is yes. Yes, not only is it possible, it's guaranteed. I can tell you why it's guaranteed, because God's given his word on it. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So, when I consider Romans 8, 28, in light of Elisa's response to the yummy treats her mom brought her back that day, well, I can't help but think about baking a cake, right? Each ingredient in a cake doesn't necessarily taste pleasant by itself. Think about it. Several of the ingredients in a cake are terrible to the tongue. Have you eaten a spoonful of salt all by itself? Flour on its own is bland and chalky. How about a raw egg? Baking powder. Worse yet, baking soda. Yuck. But a cake made without key ingredients, especially those that taste gross on their own, is a total flop. These ingredients mixed together with the sweetness of honey and sugar and molasses or your favorite sugary substitute can create, well, can create your best dessert ever. It seems we can't escape the massive doses of baking soda nowadays, now does it, in life? Life throws a lot of scoops of baking soda. But let's determine to look for the flavorful blessings in the midst of the cake. Let's seek to discover the whipped cream, the chocolate chips, the caramel drizzle, the fudge swirl, the fruit filling, the layers of icing that are hidden somewhere in the mix. And then let's give thanks to God. He's always giving good gifts. In conclusion, I'd be remiss to ignore a vital component of God's promise to bring good from evil. Remember, in both 2 Corinthians 2.9, the one that I read at the very beginning here, listen, let me, let me read it to you again. Listen carefully, you'll catch, uh, really, it's a bit of a condition here. As it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for, for whom? For those who love him. And then again, Romans 8, 28, we know all things work together for good for those who love God. For who? For whom? 
those who love God, for those who are the called according to his purpose. Oh, we mustn't overlook this. God's covenant is with those who love him. These promises God gives to bring all things together for the good of those who love him are blessings reserved for those who are committed and surrendered to Jesus. Well, in uh, as I finish, finish my official conclusion now, um, after I had gotten permission from my friend to share this story about Elise, I found myself curious about the meaning of her name. I just love doing that. It's so fun to look up the meaning of people's names. Elise is a shortened version of the name Elizabeth, which means, ready? God is my oath, pledged to God, and it also means God is satisfaction. Listen, if we make God our oath, if we pledge ourselves to God, and we seek him for our satisfaction, he will indeed work all our messes together for our good and for his glory. And in so doing, he truly can make this our best life ever.